Hi, I'm Shereen Patek, and you're listening to the Modern Retail Podcast, where I speak with executives leading the reinvention of retail. And founded in 2014, Parachute began as a luxury living brand that, like so many other companies we've had on this podcast, has expanded into, at this point, what, virtually every room of the house. Uh, my guest exactly. today, <laughs> my guest today, you just heard her, is Ariel Kay, founder of the company. Hi, Ariel. Hi, thanks for having me. We're we're excited to do this, and obviously in this new reality, doing this entirely on Zoom. So I guess first things first, like, how are things? How are things going? Um, you know, it's a loaded question. Um, things change um, hour to hour, if I'm being honest. Um, you know, it's been a roller coaster, really. I mean, the past few weeks, um, we've been faced with decisions and scenarios and, you know, thinking through our business in ways that I never would have ever expected. You know, I mean, these are not pandemics are not something that, you know, we had ever modeled for. You didn't um, have that in your business plan at some point. No, no. And, you know, it's um, it's been a lot of learning and growth and a lot of emotions. And, um, you know, we're, we're really, you know, I'm trying to stay positive and allowing myself to also feel frustrated and disappointed, you know, but I'm trying to stay positive. Yeah. Um, we'll, we'll talk a little bit about that. I actually wanted to start a little bit with, um, like I said, you guys started, you know, sort of in linens, expanded into lots of different places. Um, my my first question is kind of, you have brick and mortar, you have online. Um, and, and what I find interesting about this current crisis is that I think for a lot of people I've spoken to, it's affecting both sides, right? It's affecting consumer demand because just purely they can't go into stores, buy the thing, but also just the supply chain side and the distribution side, the manufacturing side. So I actually wanted to talk a little bit about just the immediate impacts that it did have kind of on, if any, on sort of the supply chain and logistics side for you and um, just what your approach has been kind of navigating through this just at the outset. Sure. So um, from a supply chain and logistics perspective, we're doing okay. Um, we've had a few factories um, temporarily close for a week or two, um, but at this point it has not actually affected any of our POs. We um, are in constant contact with all of our factories and our logistics center. Um, and, and so, you know, we'll see. I mean, we, you know, we know that this could change day to day. And so we're really thinking through at this point now, you know, what would happen if, you know, some of our factories were closed for an extended period of time? How would that impact um, our business. So um, we're lucky that our 3PL, our distribution center, is a global distribution center, and they've actually um, they've been dealing with um, COVID nineteen since um, you know the very early part of the year in China. So they've been set up and they've been taking a lot of great precautions. So, but yeah, I mean we're we know that things are really volatile. So we um, we're we're trying to map through um in many cases the worst case scenario just so that we're prepared. I think that's exactly I think what you said is really interesting there because I think the scenario planning is sort of very difficult at this point especially for someone who's running a company right now. I mean it's basically anything can happen but also there is such little visibility which I think is why sort of this current situation is creating this big amount of confusion and also just it's annoying and 
to figure out even what to optimize to almost because you, because you can't really optimize to anything at all. Um, I'd love to walk a little bit through just the last few weeks for you. I mean, at what point sort of, you know, did this sort of first start having an impact that you thought about whether it was a direct impact or something you were noticing happening, you know, in other, other parts of the world before it had even really taken off here and what you found sort of as you've gone on as to what your response has been to what's going on. Can you start a little bit at the beginning? Sure. So, I mean, we definitely were paying attention to what was happening at the global, um, you know, globally. And, you know, when it became very clear that this was going to be, um, you know, a pandemic and it was going to be um, something that was going to have direct impact on our business, um, we started to really mobilize and really think through um, what that would mean. So, you know, for us, the first thing that happened, you know, after we as a company went um, and started working from home was that we did close all 10 of our stores. Um, and so that has a huge impact because they're highly productive and profitable for us. Right. Um, and so, you know, those are temporary, um, but there's again, uncertainty. Um, Pre this, then, the stores were, I mean, obviously you guys expanded into brick and mortar, I think um, really, really quite a bit. I mean, 10 stores were, was a lot and you were obviously seeing great results from them before this. I mean, what kind of uh, breakdown did you see of sort of physical sales versus e-commerce or was it relatively even? Um, no, I mean, our retail is about 25% of our business. Um, so, but it's a really, it's a profitable part of our business. So it has, it's a really important part of the business. Um, and, um, and it's really also how we connect with our customers and, you know, in this, like, and build relationships. I mean, we see our stores so much more as places to transact their relationship building They're where we host events. Um, so we really, I mean, we, we care deeply about our stores and, um, and what they do for us as a brand. Um, but yeah, I mean, we also, we have a hospitality business and so we quickly saw those orders slow down and, um, you know, there's still opportunity, um, there, you know, as we're like talking to partners for Q4 and Q1 of next year, but you know, that's an industry that's been deeply affected as well. Um, and so, you know, we're, you know, we, we, quickly started shifting and um, thinking about new opportunities and initiatives that had been in the pipeline, but we knew could be um, even more important now. So things like buy online pickup and store and curbside pickup, we've been fast tracking um, as well as appointment shopping. So thinking about, you know, what happens at the other side of this as people are easing back into shopping and we want to make their experience um you know, even better as we're transitioning out of the crisis and back into normalcy. That's really interesting. One of the things we've been talking a lot about is just how does this accelerate certain trends? Um, Mm -hmm. And I think some of them are, you know, things that we talk about with sort of the future of work. And, you know, as a company, for example, you know, we didn't have a lot of remote sort of work from home before this. And now, you know, our whole company just basically was forced in a situation that I think can be really interesting when we do come out of this to see how that gets accelerated. And the other one is really in retail. I mean, you had a lot of companies who were starting to test and were ready to test a lot of things such as buy online, pick up in store, kind of really beefing up e-commerce when they didn't have any. And in, and I'm curious about, you know, what trends kind of accelerate and what just end up being something that happens now and then kind of we go back to the new normal. Um, walk me through a little bit of sort of accelerating some of these projects that you clearly had already planned for um, and what sure. that was like, especially things like buy online, things like curbside yeah, pickup. So, yeah, so we, um, we've been accelerating buy online pickup and store, curbside pickup, um, 
you know, personalize the shopping appointments. Um, one of the things that we're really excited about that is um, happening now is that we have launched a virtual styling um, consultant program. And so um, for free, you can make an appointment on our site and have this one-on-one um, shopping experience. And um, it was something that we had quietly and, and sort of soft launched in the fall, but now given um you know, the circumstance, it has been a great way for our customers to get that similar in-store experience. Um, you know, we, they, our customer, our stylists have in-depth conversations and then they provide mood boards as a follow-up kind of outlining everything that they've discussed. And then we send, you know, a shopping cart, um, that similarly, you know, shows what people, what they were talking about so that there's an ease for people to purchase. Um, and it's all done virtually. It's all done virtually. And and then there's a lot of follow-up usually. And so we've had customers that have made appointments that are people who have already purchased products that then kind of want help walking through how to style them within their home or looking for, um, you know, a refresh or, you know, are thinking about even their living room and how to style pillows and rugs. So it's been an interesting way. And, you know, again, you know, I talked about our stores being such a place for relationship building. And so, um, you know, part of the goal is that we can really like connect with people and connect with our customers in this time when we're not able to do so, you know, in person. What's surprised you about kind of, you know, pulling together some of these things? I'm fascinated by that, by sort of the virtual styling um, idea. I think it makes so much sense. And it's really something that, you know, can be such a kind of a comfort to people also who are kind of stuck at home and dealing with all this anxiety and sort of something that they can actually get done. What is, what's been surprising to you about going through that um, as, as somebody who's, you know, obviously trying to build a business, but also when you're looking and gauging consumer mood. Yeah. I mean, I think people are grateful. You know, I think people are right now looking at brands and seeing how they are thinking about evolving their business, like how they're being nimble, how they're reacting and, um, how they're, um, you know, how they're able to, um, create value in a new way. And I think people are really appreciative of that. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, and for our team also, there's been, you know, a lot of, um, it's been really, it's been great to see the team work together to accelerate these initiatives and to think creatively about how we can continue to move the business forward, um, you know, during this time of uncertainty. So that's been really, um, it's been rewarding and it's been a way for us to, um, to come together and, um, again, to like, try to see positive and see opportunity in a time that's really tricky and challenging. Um, So, you know, I I think there's, there's so much, you know, so many companies emerge from crisis and turmoil um, really strong. And I think that, you know, that's something I keep reminding myself that great businesses do come from difficult moments and, you know, there is opportunity to really, to learn and grow and, and to, to do better. Yeah, absolutely. What also, and I completely agree with you, I think that's a great way of thinking of it. And they also expose in some ways weaknesses and weak spots that then you can seek to fix. Um, Has that been sort of part of this for you? And can you share a little bit about what what kind of things it's exposed that you can say, okay, I can can do this. I can fix these quickly. And so that I'll be in a better shape even potentially by next week, next month, and God forbid, the next time something terrible happens. Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, that's, it's sort of what happens in scenario planning. Um, and also just, you know, looking at, I mean, work from home is actually a great example. I mean, we, we, we are not a company that has typically had work from home as part of our culture. Um, and so, you know, the shift to work from home and figuring that out, I mean, we were able to see, 
you know, how do we run a business virtually um, and still manage to connect with the team and and make sure that people are feeling productive and inspired and, um, you know, so much about the way that we operate in the office is really about being together. Um, but yeah, I mean, we've, there's been a lot of things that we've identified and, um, in terms of opportunities and challenges and weaknesses and things that, you know, have not been prioritized because that we've been prioritizing other things. And, um, you know, I think that's, it's definitely part of the process is, is learning and being critical and also super disciplined. Um, Mm. you know, right now we're thinking a lot about, you know, what, investments we do make and, and, you know, how, um, quickly they'll pay back because cash is something that we're thinking about, you know, a lot and making sure that we can preserve it. And so, you know, we're, we're putting on a new, um, a new framework and a new kind of lens to look through all of the things that we're doing, um, and being, you know, very thoughtful in that way. And I think that that will be, I think that will, will be great for the long run and, and, you know, post crisis and, um, as we're kind of operating as business as usual again. Yeah. I I like that word discipline. I think that that that's exactly it. And I think the thing I'm sort of trying to figure out as I talk to a bunch of founders now is kind of how do you then manage, you know, obviously you want to keep sales, you want to keep the cash coming into the business. You want to figure out where you can cut costs, um, especially operating costs, especially anything like that. And, it strikes me that there aren't that many levers to pull. And I am curious about managing that along with kind of inventory, because that's the other thing. You're selling physical goods. And I think for, you know, we had uh, Roan CEO, Nate Chackets, on last week for the podcast. And he was talking about how basically, I mean, almost overnight, suddenly they had double the inventory that they would have had because they couldn't sell anything to their physical stores. And, mm-hmm. you know, we were talking a lot about sort of if this does force kind of a promotional cycle that a lot of people are just not comfortable with and how do you best manage that? Um, how are you guys managing kind of inventory as well as sort of keep cash coming to the business, but also not fall into a potentially really dangerous, I think, cycle of being so overly discounted and promotional that you sort of, again, might really see some terrible numbers come out of that? Sure. Um, so, you know, we, uh, so we we're doing pretty good along those lines. I mean, we operate, um, in a, our weeks of supply, which is how we think about inventory is, is in a pretty good position. And, um, it's something that we've worked very for many years to get there. I mean, that's not something that happened overnight by any means. Um, you know, and our e-commerce business is, is holding up well. Um, you know, home is a place of refuge right now more than ever. And the kind of the most focal point for people. Um, I bought a lot of candles. So (laughs) yeah, exactly. Both personally and professionally, everything is in the home right now. So, um, you know, I, you know, we always have talked about her brand as home essentials. And, um, you know, I think through this experience, we're seeing, um, consumers really prioritize comfort within their home and making sure that their home is set up for them to be, um, you know, to feel good. So, you know, our, our e-com, e-com business is, is holding up. We have been seeing brands discount, um, like crazy, <laughs> um, right now. And I, I completely understand that the need to kind of move through inventory. Um, that's not something that we plan on doing. We do two sales a year and our next one, our, it's in Memorial day. And then for black Friday, cyber Monday. And, mm-hmm. um, so we'll have our, our, you know, normal as planned sale in May, but, um, you know, right now we're doing really everything that we can to make sure that we 
don't have to kind of compromise um, mm. who we are as a business in terms of discounting. And, Do you think that would just be um, too dangerous kind of just for you as you're looking at sort of, it's, this is all sort of living deep in Excel sheets. I think for a lot of us, that's what we've been doing for the last few weeks. And um, is that just a matter of kind of that is just not a sustainable way to kind of. It's just not our on. business model. And, you know, mm -hmm. that's not like, our margin structure is not designed for, you know, heavily discounted products. And um, that's something, you know, when I built this business, it was all about providing, yeah. you know, really premium products and, you know, at an accessible price. And, um, you know, that's kind of the D to C way. But, um, you know, we're also we're not a, um, a business that turns product as quickly as, you know, like fashion brands, you know, we were like a core business and we do have seasonal launches, but, um, you know, the bulk of our business is our core products. And mm -hmm. so they are always in style. <laughs> um, and everyone so, needs great linen. <laughs> yeah. You know, and, and so that's a benefit for us is that we, um, we don't have, um, we don't have as many trend-based products mm -hmm. that we need to move through very quickly. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, that, that allows us also to kind of avoid discounting for the purpose of, of moving products yeah. quickly. Has that changed uh, how you've been then marketing accordingly too? Because I think that's the other thing. I mean, you're right. You're in a place where it is really interesting because people are at home a lot. Maybe this is the time to kind of capitalize on that in the best way possible. Um, how have you sort of, how have you changed, if at all, kind of your marketing strategy around this time? And also, how do you strike the balance of kind of tone right then and there? Sure. Yeah, we're definitely be being very um, cognizant of tone and uh, messaging right now. And I think, you know, I think we're doing a great job. I think many brands are doing a great job. It's been really, you know, actually very nice to see the way that brands have reacted and responded and are being thoughtful and are doing their part of um, helping out. You know, we've been sending sheets um for mask production i mean i think a lot of brands are are doing what they can to really help um and so that's been important um for us to to just level set and say you know how are we going to put ourselves out there right now um we've cut a lot of marketing spend mm -hmm. um you know and i think we're you know we wanted to create a baseline and and really you know like see what was going on and um you know we there are things that we're continuing to move forward with, but we've been, we've, we've cut a lot, mm -hmm. um, for sure. As most people have, yeah. you know, we're, we're thinking about, um, you know, what makes sense right now and, um, and how we can reach our customers in ways that feels right. Um, so mm -hmm. we're going to take a quick break for an ad and we'll be right back. One of the things I did, did want to talk about is sort of, you know, almost like take your parachute kind of hat off for a minute is sort of what are, again, some of the things that stick around after this. And I think that the physical store kind of place in the sort of the direct-to-consumer playbook is is kind of well-known and rightfully so. I mean, for many, physical stores are were sort of the way to expand the business for a lot of people. They weren't going to get to whatever that number was, 50 million, 100 million, whatever they wanted to, what sort of they found with e-commerce alone. And I think that now as I talk to founders and as I talk to kind of investors, they wonder sort of actually does this kind of completely reverse that tide? And even if sort of in three months, everything kind of goes back to normal, do we just think differently about how to grow a business? And one, one investor I was talking to said something interesting, which is he keeps asking founders, like, if you were starting the business today, 
what would you do differently? Because again, if you're operating within the current context, and I kind of wanted to put that question to you, um, say you start a parachute today, I don't know, would be really crazy time to start a company. Um, is there something mm -hmm. sort of different that you do or think about when it comes to the actual business model of it? And would you maybe think about it a little bit differently? It's a big question. Yeah. So I'm not going to, I'm not going to come back six months um, later and be like, you said this. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think it's a, it's an interesting question. I mean, I think, you know, what this situation is forcing us all to do is look at every single part of our business and, and make sure that it's set up for success, you know, in a pandemic and in, in, in any sort of type of crisis. I mean, we are like going deep in the crisis management, um, you know, world and thinking through how we can operate. I mean, I think, you know, for me, I have always been a believer that, you know, it's important to be, um, from a consumer perspective, it's important to be like a conscious consumer. And from a business perspective, it's important to be a responsible business owner. So, you know, we've been very disciplined in terms of our team size and not over hiring. And we've been really thoughtful in making sure that we're partnering with really, um, incredible factories. And I, I don't know, I don't know that there's that much that I would really do differently. Like I'm very proud of the business that I built. And I think that, you know, certainly we could never see this coming, but I don't think this is going to, you know, I don't think retail is going to like, I think people I don't think go this back is the outside. end of retail. Yeah. But right. I do think, you know, it's interesting. I think, you know, we've been excited about buy online pickup and store and curbside pickup for a long time, but it was always one of those things that, you know, we thought, you know, we would get to. Mm. Um, but, you know, I do think that if you think about the way customers shop and we've always tried, we've always said that we want to be where our customers are and whether that's online in store, um, we want to make sure that we can deliver the experience that our, that we want our customers to have, um, you know, no matter where they are. And so I think that this takes a whole new, this, this adds another layer to that. So like what happens in this type of environment, like how do we make sure that we can continue to do that? Absolutely. Um, yeah, so, that is interesting. And, you know, the other thing I remember back in January talking to a bunch of people before this was even sort of on our radar, which seems like a yeah. lifetime ago. And everyone said, you know, this is the year sort of sustainable growth really gets rewarded. Um, mm -hmm. Disciplined companies really get rewarded. People who, and, and this was pre all this. I think people were already getting to this point that was saying there were, there were a lot of companies last year that the valuations were crazy. The numbers floating in were crazy. The the customer acquisition costs were through the roof. And yes. I think that discipline was already the name of the game. And now it's it's sort of it's a little bit of a clearinghouse situation mm -hmm. because now there is no other other choice. I agree. Um, I really do agree. And so I think, you know, we um yeah, we're just gonna continue to be disciplined. But, you know, I don't know that. I, something might come to me later, but right now I'm not sure that there is anything like huge or, you know, um, that I would have done differently given what I know now. Um, it is amazing how time has just existed in this, time. like January literally feels like five years ago. Yeah, I remember five years ago. I think March was about three years long. Um, yeah, so exactly. So at least we're in April. Um, what is, I'd love to hear just, you know, lastly, just a piece of advice that you would give to just any founder kind of managing through this crisis, being a manager and being a leader, but also trying to stay sane and trying to be motivational, but also be realistic with their teams that we're in for, yeah. we're in for a time. I mean, I think more than ever, 
communication from a team perspective, I think communication is everything right now. I mean, overly communicating, being connected, finding ways to still be in touch with your team. You know, we're doing virtual happy hours and we're doing a team yoga class every once a week in the mornings. Um, you know, we're trying to do things so that the team feels close and connected. And, you know, we're, we're making sure that we're sharing updates so frequently. Um, but, you know, I think for me as, as a leader and as a founder, I've been so grateful for my network of other founders and, um, business owners right now. I mean, we've had, weekly zoom chats, you know, with four or five, um, CEOs and talking about, you know, how we're managing and how we're handling and what we're hearing and what we're learning and how our business is doing and what channels are performing. And, you know, that shared information has been so helpful. I mean, it is so easy to feel like you're on on an island of one as a CEO and as a, you know, for me as a sole founder anyway. Um, and so, now being kind of stuck at home on this little, in this real kind of island of one, um, could feel really isolating. And so I'm so, so grateful, um, for my peers and my mentors and the people that have answered their phones at (laughs) crazy hours to, you know, talk through a decision. And, um, I think you should have a hotline. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. Like a big red phone. the community part of it and, you know, feeling support from network is just, I mean, I could cry thinking about how grateful I am for these people right now. Like it's, it's been wild. And, um, you know, I am, I'm an honest person. I mean, I've had, there's been crazy, crazy lows and, you know, some, and some highs too, where you see people come together and, and work really well. And, you know, I, I could not do this without, you know, my, my team of peeps and my executive team and my whole team. I mean, it's, it's been, it's been a journey. <laughs> it has. It's been the longest three <laughs> the weeks long- of my life. Longest year that we've all just yeah. lived through. Yeah. Um, Arielle, thank you so much for being on the Mon Retail Podcast. My pleasure. It was great to talk to you. You too. And thank you, of course, for listening. Our producer is Pierre BNMA. If you like the show, please head to our iTunes store, search for a show, leave us a review and tell me what you think. Uh, and thanks again for listening. We'll be back next week. <laughs>